On 96.7 on your FM dial, you're listening to QOL. You know, uh, this is Hugh Cruzel, and I have to tell you, I I do love wine. Uh, Wine in all kinds of formats. Sometimes it comes in a glass to my table. Sometimes it comes in a little, you know, those little mini carafes that they put, you know, they bring it to you. You just choose from the list. But uh, I'm told that wine can now come in cans. Ollie, is this true? It is. It is true. Some people might not believe it, but it's absolutely true. So yes, we make uh, we make canned wines, and we've been selling them for uh, about a year now. Um, we're a brand called the Copper Crew, and we're called the Copper Crew because myself and my co-founder are both gingers, <laughs> and we're called a Crew because we want to share great wine with everyone. And we think ah, like Grand Crew. Oh, a play on you are right. So gingers—that's uh, not a common term here in North America, exactly. Uh, redhead. Redheads. Yes, right. but you're right. It is coppery. Uh, okay, let's go back in time. How on earth did you get involved in the wine trade? Well, I was. I lived in the states between uh, 2018 and 19, and I saw sort of canned wine, canned wine from a distance, and thought, "Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe that would work in the UK." I came back, and um, my friend and co-founder Theo was working as a management consultant at the time. And I think it's fair to say, like, many in that industry didn't enjoy his his work particularly. Um, And he had lived in South Africa for five years. And while he was there, one of his uh, close friends had become a winemaker. And um, he'd had some successful wines and some great press. Um, And because he's uh, sort of our age, we're all all under 25, he's very interested in sustainability. Um, So we approached him with the idea of canned wine. And he loved it. And uh, we've been making canned wine ever since. No, so Ollie. started in um, October 2019. Ollie, I didn't properly introduce you. You mentioned Theo as well. What are your names properly? Ollie? Ollie Parnell, there's Theo Goff, and our winemaker in South Africa is Sam Lamson. And, you know, are you... England may embrace this. I mean, there's a growing trend towards sustainability. Uh, you know, this the, is that one of the reasons the cans are interesting to people? Uh, it's not just convenience. It is the fact you're not shipping heavy glass. It packages closer, tighter, because there's not the glass. The labeling can be... I'm, I'm touching all the things. You're just nodding your head and you're agreeing. We are doing this by... By all me. of those things and more. I think the reality is, and what we found is that with canned wine, you know, it means different things to different people. Some yes. people really like it because of the recyclability of the container, and that's important to them. We've also found that we've got a little bit of a niche uh, amongst our customers for 60 to 80-year-olds who like the portion moderation element of cans. Oh, okay. And the fact that I could have the portion moderation, so it's only 250 mil a can, and with that, you, you sort of there's a bit of a mental block of opening another one rather than a bottle where often people would say they'd finish it when they didn't particularly want to ah um, so you you're being I, you're being more than ecologically sensible you're being physiologically sensible yeah so there's a, a really important uh, study which was a big basis for why we thought it was a good idea is uh, Lathwaite's, which is a big wine, online wine sale seller in the uk they found that 624 million bottles equivalent of wine is wasted in the UK a year from people just pouring the wine down the sink Why? because it's gone off in the fridge. Oh, it doesn't go so, off that quickly, but there is a perception that it goes off. I, I don't find oxidization quite as 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 terrible as as people some people say. I mean, one time people were buying nitrogen uh, nitrogen uh, cans to do things, but I mean, okay. Uh, you know, maybe there is a minor, maybe my taste buds are not quite, but I get it. You open the can and it's fresh. 
Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a key thing that we th- we think what canned wine is all about is it's having something which is ready to drink. So we do all of the aging and make sure the wine's in its best condition. Mm. We keep it fresh from South Africa and we provide you with a varietal which we think is sort of generally friendly to people and would drink well, you know, if it's if you're at home or if you're out on a picnic. Right. That's what we think it's that, all about. Well, of course, I think that's where the penetration for even the Tetra bricks uh, were was very popular at one time. Are you telling me though that it's being canned in South Africa, or is it shipped in bulk to England? No, it's all canned in South Africa at the moment, and we ship it over in a container to us and store it uh, with us just in just outside Cambridge. Hmm. And Copper Crew has what product line? Uh, you know, is there a red? Is there a white? I'm being very generic, but is there a Chenin Blanc? Is there is there a Cabernet Sauvignon? So at the moment, we have a Chenin Blanc, which is our white wine. We have a Merlot, which is our, our red wine. And we also have a Rosé. Um, and into the summer, we're also hoping to launch a couple more sort of uh, limited edition wines. And I think the first one of those is going to be a Sauvignon Blanc. And um, the joy of what we do is we can come out with wines pretty much as we like. So we're always talking to customers, finding out what they would like would like us to come out with next. And, um, and we listen and do it. Wow. So we'll see what they have to say. Well, it sounds like... and. and- Folks, you you can't see Ollie on on the screen here. We are using uh, Team uh, to to actually meet. And uh, Ollie, you're you're I, I'll say it. You're young. I am as well. Well, I might look it. I don't feel it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, I'm 24. Does that perhaps that the fact that you're 24 and that you're willing to try something brand new is this part of the game? I think there's definitely you know entrepreneurship was described to me as there's you've got to have a lot of naivety but you've also got to have a lot of optimism and if you have those two things together it can be quite a potent mix and i think that's kind of what we've got is uh, our feeling was you know what we've just come out of uh, college um there would be no better time to do this and more than anything i would say working with with friends is it's great fun mm. we love doing it and um, you're, you're not the first the, the, but you are a, a leader. I don't think there's another South African that's out there. No, so there are, there are the UK competition is springing up quite rapidly, and I think we've seen it in the states. You know, the growth of canned wine has been really, really rapid, and it's and it's coming over to us here in the UK. There is a there is another uh, brand which which um, does well, not mention wines, it though. But the the key <laughs> thing for us is it is about quality. Yes. And this is the this is the, the thing with canned wine is, you know, some people really like to just play on the use cases of it, taking it out, it's easy. But we're we're into all of that, but also giving you a wine which is really, really good stuff. So yeah, our big thing is that we've won awards for all of our wines. Um, and we want to keep doing that more and more. It sounds so like the most... judge the judgment at Paris, only this time it's the judge judgment at Cannes. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, that's how it feels. So a little bit of a play on, on words there, but I mean, do people at these competitions have a special category for cans, or do they? They that's beyond it, and you, they just say, "Oh my God!" and it's available in a can. Mm, yeah. So all of the competitions we've submitted our wines to are all judge blind. So actually, what happens with our wines is that they are decanted into a bottle, um, and then the judges would taste them as they would any other wine. So it's really an assessment on the actual quality of the wine, which um, which is why we like them. And it puts us, we've often come out um, favorably in them, which means, you know, it's our, the point we're trying to prove there is that there's absolutely no reason why quality can't come in a can. I, I've um, watched, I've watched all the... Yes, I've watched consumers, Ollie, pick up a can of Big House 
red or big house white from California look at it perhaps they're shopping with a partner or a friend and they look at the uh, the can they, they pick it up they 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 toy with it and sometimes they put it back on the shelf but more often than not they put it in their wagon but only one uh, just to maybe give it a try the novelty is that to driving some of this absolutely I think there's no doubt that that's true there definitely is a novelty element of it there's and the other part which I think is important with novelty as you've highlighted with with cans is the fact that you can have very interesting designs on them it's much like you've seen with craft beer um, where you know the designs are really cool and that's a reason to pick them out and our hypothesis is if if they look good and people want to pick them out for novelty great but we're going to convert you on the fact that the wine is is really good and tastes great well, Ollie Pinnell, thank you so much for being my guest today here on 96.7. This is QOL. The second half of this program will actually be a conversation with someone who's tasted a lot of cans. We'll be talking to Henry Jeffries in just a few moments. This is Hugh Cruzel. We'll just pause for a brief station break. On 96.7 on your FM dial, this is Hugh Cruzel and the program is QOL. As you know, quite often on this program, we talk about wine. And I know there's a growing interest in wine and how it gets to you and how it's delivered to you. And and we've talked about delivery process. But, you know, there's also the container. We've talked about bottles. We talked about bottle shapes in the past. Well, cans are becoming more and more popular. I had a good chance to chat with Ollie from uh, the Copper Crew, and you'll be hearing that a little later in the program, or maybe maybe you've already heard it. I'm not sure how this program will actually play out. Today we have Henry Jeffries, and Henry's actually been able to sample through taste through a number of wines that have arrived to his doorstep or he's purchased from the local bottle shop uh, wine in cans. Uh, Here in Canada, cans are not quite uh, as popular or as available. Henry, in England, what's going on with canned wines? Well, I I was surprised you said that because I thought in Canada you'd be ahead of us (laughs) because I think the, 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 you know, the people who live below you, I can't remember, you know, the quiet people who live below you, they've been putting wine in cans, you know, you never hear about them, um, for, for years, um, you know, and quality wine, so, you know, like a Napa producer or something will You mean like have a Opus One in cans? Made. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe not going that far, but, you know, you know, sort of quality, quality wine, so I thought in Canada you would have a similar you know, a similar variety of canned wine to buy. Uh, well, you you do find a few producers doing cans, but the general list, pro- and gosh, I have never seen a canned wine in LCBO Vintages. Now, Vintages is the, the next level, I don't want to call it quality, but it, it usually is limited productions or unique one-offs. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the differences between the two the two. Uh, two levels of service within the LCBO. I, I don't even really know what the LCBO is. Is that you, your monopoly? That is our monopoly. The liquor, yes. Aren't you lucky right. you're too far away from it to understand? There are pluses and minuses to, to having a monopoly. Uh, there's a lot more minuses than pluses in most people's minds. No, I have never <laughs> never yet seen a can in the vintages. Big House Red out of California, red and white. Uh, Lola. Uh, there's a rosé in cans. I'm I'm really at a loss to to say that if I walked into the store, I could walk I could I don't think I could block walk out with six different varieties. In England, this is not the case. You can buy a wide variety of cans. No, no, it's it. 
it's really it's really taking off. So the supermarkets, supermarkets. Will have them. not no, not not a wide variety, but I think what's really happened since COVID is people have got used to buying stuff directly from the importers or the distributors or even the producers. Yeah. So you know, rather, previously you do your shop, you go to the supermarket, you you know pull things off the shelves, and now people are all ordering things in. So they think, oh. Maybe I'll get some wine and cat. And now you've got producers like the person you spoke to at Copper Crew, and you buy it directly through them, and they do a, a variety of them. There's there's quite a few companies that have sort of sprung up. There's one called Kiss of Wine, the canned wine company, Copper Crew, and they specialize in canned wine. So they obviously, they source the wine. I don't know whether they, I think some of them will buy it in bulk and can it here, or some of it will get it canned you know, in South Africa or, or or wherever, but to their branding and specifications and stuff, and then ship it over, and then they'll sell it direct to, to the customer. But doesn't it have a, a I mean, you're, you're going counter to the concept of, of tradition, of, uh, you know, the, the history of, of where these wines come from, the, the shape of the bottle said a lot about, now are we going to say, oh, look at the, the shoulders on this can? It's just a different way of, of thinking about it. I suppose wine is now in Britain so normal. You know, the the romance left a long time ago for most wine drinkers, and they just you know they just want to have something to drink. It's just it's very. Yeah, I think wine is so normal now, and I think you see it also in in restaurants. Like a lot of restaurants are doing wine in kegs, so they'll just get a keg of wine for their house wine, and you know. <laughs> comes out of a tap. Well, Prosecco. I've seen Prosecco that way, and uh, that, uh, but that's very unique. Maybe only one city, uh, one restaurant per city will have something, or maybe two. Um, of course, there are no restaurants open right now here in Canada. Uh, no, well, there's, there, there's, they've just, they just opened up in England, but not Scotland last week. But I shouldn't say all week. of Canada. I'm not. I can't speak to all of Canada. I'm, I'm unaware. But in this province and. Well, we could enumerate them. I mean, can you pick up a can and say the punt on this really suggests this is a great wine? No, no, there's, there's, there's no. Well, what I mean, what's what's interesting about them is I would say that kind of canned wines go into two categories, two very broad categories: the ones that taste that you should drink out of the can, and the ones that you need to pour into a glass. Did you just say drink out of the can? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's some of them that are very very frivolous a lot of them are sort of they're, they're like moscato style wines you know like asti yes. moscato sort of so they're five percent alcohol slightly fizzy sweet but not too sweet and if you poured them in a glass and served it to someone you'd be a bit like oh I, I don't know about this this isn't great but out of a can it tastes like a it tastes like a soda but alcoholic, so it's so it makes sense because you're not taking it seriously. And if you t- t- took it seriously, you probably wouldn't enjoy it. But as soon as you drop, as soon as you drop the idea that it's wine, and that there should be a ceremony about it, then they're you know perfectly perfectly nice. Hmm. Well, I've seen them in one uh, twenties, one fifty milliliter, uh, one eighty milliliter. 200 250 milliliter. I'm waiting for the first can in a liter, like a like an oil can. Yes, well, that, I mean, that's that's the other thing is a lot of wine producers now are thinking about alternative packaging, so not giant cans, 
but you know cardboard containers i saw this one from an australian producer that was in this weird recycled plastic bottle that just looked looked horrible to be honest it really didn't look very appealing but that's the kind of the next stage really you're talking pet packaging you're talking plastic packaging now plastic yeah yeah but it was a kind of plastic recycled plastic bottle Oh my it's an Australian goodness. brand called Ban, Ban Rock Creek. It didn't look very, it didn't look very appealing. I, 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 but also, do you do you, do you have boxed wines? Well, boxed wines have been very popular. The internal bladder that nobody that people don't like that word bladder. They uh, they come in either a plasticized foil material or a, a transparent material. Once you open the box up and look inside to see, you know, pull back the curtain. To, to try to understand. Uh, boxed wines have... Uh, the weirdest one I ever had, Henry, was... My, my a, wife just came in with some laundry that she's now run off. Uh, so, uh, the, she was going to do a, ca- a cameo appearance. Oh, she was. Okay, well, we are talking on Zoom, I think, today. Uh, we, yeah. uh, Henry is in... I'm in Kent. Kent. In, in the, gar- the Garden of England. The Garden of England. It's where they make English wine, which you probably don't get in Canada. Well, no. Uh, so, and you, nice. you had a terrible frost just recently, or maybe not you, but... Well, we, we, we were okay, actually. I've been speaking to some English wine producers. Because everything starts three weeks after, say, Champagne, Burgundy and stuff here, the buds were still quite little, so they weren't as damaged by the frost. So actually, I think England escaped the worst of it, whereas France had it terribly. And that's going to affect the price of wine, maybe even the price of canned wine and bottled. You know, the first time I ever saw wine in plastic was in Hungary, and uh, people actually went, well, you could go to the vineyards and they would fill up your your, your big 5-liter or 20-liter container, but in the stores there was pop bottle-shaped products available, and uh, yeah, I I don't know if, if that's what people are okay with. The price was incredible. Well, you see that a lot in wine-drinking countries where there's a less... You know, because we're a new country for wine, comparatively, you know, so it's, it's only in the last 30 years that most people in Britain have started drinking wine. We, you know, we still have that, you know, like you were talking about the bottle shape and the shoulders and the punt and all that sort of stuff. Whereas in, in, in wine-drinking countries like Hungary and France, they have a very different attitude to wine. So there's fine wine, you know, there's wine that you might bring to a dinner party, which comes in a bottle and might be from Burgundy or, you know, a nice, uh, a good quality wine from Hungary. But then there's everyday wine, which is, you know, like tin soup or something. You know, you might buy it in a five litre thing or you go go to a producer and fill up your, you know, they have it in France. They have outside the co-ops, they have what looks like a petrol pump. And you just sort of, you can go, uh, fill her up with rosé, you know, <laughs> fill her up with Merlot. Merlot, and, absolutely. And, and off you go. Yes. And here in, in, in uh, we don't have that. There was talk at one time of trying a test in, I think the SAQ may have actually still, may still actually have. I'm still, you talked about rosé. That was one of the first things that I saw penetrating the market was a canned rosé. Is it partly, you mentioned Moscato, is it partly the, so hard seltzer is very popular here lately, and uh, twisted tea, things, uh, iced tea with an alcohol base, uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade, uh, those are all in cans, those are accepted in cans. You know, maybe Moscato and Rosé was the, the, the vanguard of the change in, in can acceptance in, in 
for for wine purchase. Well, they're the kind of they're, they're the sort of gateway wines, aren't they? Moscato, <laughs> rosé, gateway. And but but they're the sort. Of, but also, I mean, hard seltzers haven't really taken off here. I think the reason is is because the the name doesn't make any sense to us because we don't use hard to mean alcoholic, and a seltzer is something that you take if you've got a if you've got a dodgy stomach. You know, we don't we don't call drinks seltzers. So people say hard seltzer, and immediately someone in Britain is going to be like, no. you know, just what does that mean? But what we what we do, I mean, but we do have them. But what I didn't go into in the article are sort of wine spritzers, which are quite big over here. So it's wine, water, and sugar basically, and maybe some flavouring, which is essentially roughly what a hard seltzer is so you actually get some nice ones croft the sherry people do a sherry spritzer so no. it's fino sherry busy water and i think like elderflower or something like that and it's really nice it tastes like a sort of low alcohol gin and tonic or something like that i'm waiting for the first one to do a combined gin and tonic in a can and in fact, maybe with a press button that chills the can down as you when you actually require it. I'm I'm thinking that's the next forefront of of exploration are cans that self cool, self chilling. I bet they have that in Japan. They're so you know they're so far ahead of us. I bet there's self chilling cans. You buy them in the you know, and then you just go and it goes you know, two chemicals mixed together. Yep. You know, and then you've got a cold iced tea. Or, well, like that. so again, to go back to the cans uh, and their uh, utility, we here in Canada might think of, as we did with Tetra Bricks, which seems to have disappeared mostly, camping, going out into the countryside, having a picnic, reducing the weight, reducing the garbage. Uh, if you're going to a backcountry camping experience, cans would be great, uh, although you're not allowed to bring cans onto some background country areas. Yeah, did you, how about Tetra Bricks? Right. Are they common still in your world? We get them for milk. Yeah, but not we, so much actually. No. What no, vintage we, of we milk are we yeah, talking here? Well, you know, the the, the, the twenty one vintage. We <laughs> like to have it as fresh as possible over here. I don't know about I don't know about you. Unless unless you know, unless we want it a little bit um, a little bit rancier. A little bit, yes. But ultra high mm, temperature UHT milk. Uh, you know, uh, yes, I see that in Hungary. That is not common here. Uh, at all, but wine and Tetra bricks. I mean, seriously, do you see that in England? Not really. No, I mean th that's the sort of one that ha that didn't. I think you sometimes see it, but at the, mo at the moment, people still are pretty keen on bottles, unless they're buying it in bulk, and then you know the whatever you want to call them, the boxes. Or in Australia, they call them bladder packs. Right. I think, which <laughs> makes them sound revolting. But no, I don't think Tetra packs for wine have have quite. There was one called French Rabbit that did very well here, and there were a couple of Italians. And in fact, most of them weren't produced, or sorry, they were grown and produced. But packaging happened in Sweden, uh, I think in Malmo, uh, where the well, large... That's, well, that's where the Tetra Pak was, was invented. Right? It was a Swedish family called the Rousings who invented the, the, the Tetra Pak. And they, are, they now live in London. They're like, they're, I think they're one of the richest families in, in Britain. Wow. Uh, all because of packaging. Now, one of the and, neat... and in fact, one of them owns a publishers. Oh. What's that? Sorry. One of the neat things about cans so are... is that you can you can and Tetra Bricks, you can actually put very different kind of information. The whole 
package becomes an advertisement, as a wine bottle does. The shape of the wine bottle, the color, dead leaf. That was always, when I entered the wine industry, I was like, so this is some of the colors of bottles. Dead leaf. I said, well, that's really, really pleasant. It's like your bladder issue. Uh, no, you don't have a bladder issue, but you know. You're, you're... Not yet, not yet. <laughs> you know, give it a few years. Um, but the cans and Tetra Packs become advertisements on all sides. Yeah, no, they are. They, some of them are are actually really beautifully designed. I thought some of the South Africa ones in particular, there's um, one called Labanzi, which is stocked by the wine society. It's just all the curator, which is made by Bardenhorst, who are a really very prestigious South African producer, you know, sort of right up there. And their canned wine was was the was the best and it just looked beautiful it mm. looks like a really and, and often they have a sort of mottled the label has a sort of mottled surface on so they're actually really nice to hold as well so they've mm. they've actually really thought about them and i think nowadays can canning technology has improved so you don't get uh, I mean, with sort of canned beer you used to get a bit of a metallic taste you don't get that anymore no. and i think that's partly why wining cans are taking off i think they have like a um a micro coating on the inside so that aluminium doesn't touch the um just the as well inside. yes oh i love that minerality of that wine in the can mm. I, you just, that, yeah. that added, <laughs> yeah. added hint of met- metallic taste to it <laughs> Very sophisticated. You can taste the towar, can't you? Okay, so yes, you can. So here's the question that I think everybody's waiting for. Henry Jeffries, you've attended tastings, blind tastings, and there have probably been canned wines in cans included in that blind tasting. Did you notice any difference? I don't think they have. I don't think I've ever been to a blind tasting oh. where they've ever done wine in cans. You know, so, they just drop a couple in, like surprise. You, you know, oh, this is like the judgment at Paris, but it would be the judgment at, uh, oh, I don't know, Twickenham. The judgment at, yes. you know, uh, at uh, some industrial. Broadway. Oh, the judgment at Canary Wharf. Well, that would be a really interesting one, but I, to be honest, I don't think anyone will be able to tell the difference. I could, none of the wines tasted. Like they had come out of a can. Well, I'm waiting for the first Chiantis to come out in cans and uh, Bulgari, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. As I, I'm jokingly said, Opus One, but you know, wouldn't that be hilarious? You could have a Sassicaia out of a can, just cheers <laughs> down down the hatch. Yes, I. But I, tell, I tell you what, the, tell you the one that worked really well in a can was a Lambrusco, like an old, you know, like a red. Slightly sparkling, dry Lambrusco. You know, it's a very unserious, jolly sort of wine. And it works really well out of a can because it's both, you could both drink it out of a can and enjoy it, or you could pour it into a glass and get a mildly sophisticated sparkling red. Mm. It's a, it's the perfect canned wine. A Beaujolais Nouveau in cans. Beaujolais Nouveau would be another brilliant wine. Those sort of wines are the best. Or, or, you know, wines with a bit of spritz as well, like a, a, a kind of vino verde or a, um, you know... Uh, Northern Italian. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. Or, or, or some Austrian wines when they're young, they have a little... Or German ones, so, you know, they have a little bit of spritz. To German them. wines in Those cans? Are, don't tell me it's happened. Impossible. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but like a, a Mosul cabinet or something out of a can, hmm. low alcohol, bit of natural sparkle... That would be nice. I don't mm. want now. And, actually, a truck and bear and in a can. Open a can. Open a can. 
Well, fed for breakfast. Yeah, be an ass loser again. Well, Henry, Jeff- Henry Jeffries, what a wonderful chance to chat with you. Very early in the morning. This program is uh, broadcast later in the evening usually, but you can listen to a podcast as well. Just Google my name, Hugh and Cruzel. But CKLU 96.7 broadcasts this at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Uh, available at, uh, as I said, 96.7. You can always use Radio Garden now if you haven't tried that. Just hover over, over Sudbury, Ontario, Canada, and you'll find it uh, at that time, 6 p.m. Thursdays. Henry Jeffries, uh, in Kent, England, telling us about cans. Henry, any last words before we sign off? Well, I just, just you know, when they arrive in Canada, start buying them. Yeah, as, long as, as long as they're... I think my tip would be South African wine. They tend to... They've, they've been the, the pick of them. So, South African wine, canned wine, as soon as they arrive in Canada, go mad. Buy we, loads. We will. Thank you very much, Henry. Man, don't put too much ice in that wine. You know I like to dig this show with ease prayers. <laughs> That's it, listen to life prayers.